Good morning, friends. Skip here. 4.23 a.m. on what I believe to be, it is the 30th of November. It is a Wednesday morning as we plod through the week after a holiday break. Uh, hope all is well with you in, in your life. Uh, I want to talk today about just being human and the difficulty therein. Because this human endeavor is not easy. And uh, we certainly, as human beings, uh, struggle, all of us, with, with what life is. You know... Uh, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, being a human being is, it's sort of like being thrown into the wilderness. You know, you, you, you kind of come in cold and naked, crying. Uh, I know none of us remember actually being born. At least I don't, I don't. But I would imagine it's a very, it was a very scary and, and sort of vulnerable thing that, that we go through. And I think that, being scared and vulnerable is a very, very much a part of, of what it means to be a human clear through the process of living. Uh, we have uh, created a world where there's not always a lot of comfort or solace or self-awareness or uh, self-knowledge to help us through things. That's not necessarily our fault, right? We don't even know often we're a part of uh, a reality that, that doesn't really offer us comfort or, or purpose or reason. We uh, construct these edifices, these religions, these thoughts, these beliefs, these systems to try to make some sense of it. And, you know, as I have said before, this, this, I'm not anti-anything, but I recognize that we create a lot of things in our life. Uh, and we create a lot of things constantly in our life to try to place life in a context that, that gives it a purpose, that gives it meaning. Because <clears throat> a lot of us are all of us are, to some degree, uh, afraid, um, vulnerable, uh, and feeling as though we're in a wilderness quite often. And I would also say this, that the more spiritually, truly spiritually inclined a person is, that the more they feel that, that vulnerability the more that that vulnerability, that not knowing what life is, the more, the more that feeling is acute, the more you live with that. And I think, I think to some degree we, we probably all, all live with that. Now, there are some people who uh, appear <coughs> from the outside to have it all together. You know, they... They often 
appear to be, you know, or fall into these uh, careers or lifestyles or what have you that they look like they know the answer. Excuse me, I get a drink here. Uh, I can assure you, hear me on this, my friends. Uh, unless they have come to some high degree of self-awareness <laughs> and love uh, that they they are struggling just like you. Everybody lives out of that inner dialogue that is based in existential angst. This I know for a fact. After having done counseling for years uh, with other people, uh, having walked with people through the darkest times in life, having walked with people through the best times in their life, they all have this, we all have this wondering about the meaning, about the purpose. Because life can be traumatic, my friends. It can offer us some really traumatic and wounding uh, events, circumstances. So, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that from my vantage point, and probably from yours too, I can see that we all live with varying degrees of existential angst at different times that those degrees probably are less or higher or whatever, but we all wonder why we're here and what this life is for and why these things happen and why there's so much pain and why there's all these things that can't be solved and why we've had to go through what we've gone through and we are often bewildered. We are often uh, flummoxed, if you let me use that word, uh, scratching our head, holding our hearts, uh, wiping away tears, uh, wondering where happiness is at. I mean, that's, let's just be honest about that. Uh, now, part of that, and, and I cannot speak to your specific uh, circumstances because I don't know them uh, necessarily, and I certainly don't know what it means to live your life, and you don't know what it means to live mine. But I can tell you that a big part of why we can't find our way out of that sort of existential vulnerability that we all suffer from is, is because the things we have been told are reality. The things we have been told that, makes, that are offered to us to try to make sense of the world are just other people's ideas <laughs> that it isn't until we get past these sort of conceptual projections that, that we can begin to become self-aware enough to, to really explore the answers about why we have, you know, uh, 
such brokenness in our lives, why we have such brokenness in our world. Part of the answer, I think, is, you know, the, the part that I can speak to generally, because I can't speak to your specific situation, but I can speak in a general term about part of the, the reason we we can't cope or we feel vulnerable or we don't feel like we're okay is because we are taught, we are conditioned, and we are programmed to view life in such a way that we only have certain boundaries for it to make sense. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Years ago, I was teaching a, a study on the, a book of the Bible, probably or something. I don't remember what the study was exactly about, but a lady, uh, older lady, was sharing that uh, her husband had been saved by prayer. I'm using air quotes here. That there was a group of people who came in and and prayed and. This guy recovered from a very serious heart condition. Uh, she was very certain about this circumstance. And, you know, I, I, I believe that support's important. I believe that sending good energy is important. But this lady was convinced and it seemed as though she was convinced that this apparatus of prayer that she had experienced uh, was going to sustain her and her husband, I suppose, to live forever. I don't know. Uh, she, she seemed pretty confident that, that she could employ this prayer again and have things be okay. And, you know, certainly she was grateful and certainly I'm not demeaning any of what she experienced. I mean, it was a very real thing to her. About a year later, um, maybe more, her husband did pass away of the same heart issue. And you didn't hear any more about that sort of idea of uh, this being external to us, intervening to continue to do this, continue to give this gift uh, that she received. Now, we could unpack that and talk about, you know, all kinds of things. Well, maybe it was his time. Maybe was, I mean, we could go down that worldly rabbit hole real easy, right? Uh, what I can tell you is that her belief system was so framed in this idea. Uh, she was so ensconced, so certain of, of the fact that somehow God was on their side. That when it appeared that it wasn't true, she didn't know what to do with that. And that's one story of hundreds that I could share. That I witnessed. Uh that we frame life, we frame our beliefs, we frame uh, who we are in institutional and religious 
and familial uh, uh, context, we will inevitably find out that those contexts that were given to frame reality are not real. <laughs> they're because they're not constructed of what is real. They're constructed of beliefs and and uh, false certainties and learned behavior. Uh, you know, we can be grateful to have the people we have, but I will tell you folks, at any moment that can change. And I don't mean to bum people out, but life is a tentative, temporary thing. And to think it to be otherwise because you believe the right thing uh, is, a, is a proposition you'll end up disappointed in. And it is dealing with life on that on life's terms, on on that reality that is so difficult for humans because there's a lot of pain in life. <clears throat> now, let me offer, let me end the next couple minutes with this. That when you become aware of something like that, when you become aware of the fact that the things offered to us have all sorts of you know, holes in their theories, if you will. The things offered to us as ways of belief, as ways of support, don't work. It leaves a vacuum. And it's important for us, it's important for all of us to understand that, that there is a greater purpose, that there is a greater energy, that there is something in our lives that's compelling us towards growth. And we need to explore that. We need to know on some deep level. We need to tap into that knowing on some, some deep level that there is a, a greater meaning, if you will, to what it means to be human than what we've been taught. And I'm not going to tell you things happen for a reason, because I don't think they always do, folks. I, I think that there are really subtle and not so subtle energies at work in, in each human being that are so deeply profound that we can't understand them. But what I can tell you is this, that, that the fact that you're here and that you're living you can frame that in a real meaning. And that real meaning is always to learn to love. Always. To learn to be more loving. To learn to be more your true self. There, life is going to hand us things that will devastate us. Life is going to hand us things that are mountaintop celebrations. But... We have to be self-aware enough to know, or we have to learn self-awareness, or we have to become self-aware uh, enough to understand that that all of these things uh, involve other people's choices. They involve uh, belief systems that don't work. They they involve our motives, our agenda, what we've learned. Ultimately, though, what is most important 
what it all boils down to, and then I'll close here, is that we are all here to learn to be creative, loving energy, even in the darkest times. And the vulnerability and the, the downright scariness of this life uh, can either destroy us or it can refine who we are. It can lead us to that love. There you have it, my friends. A little long-winded this morning. Uh, I hope that this was helpful. Um, keep, keep plotting away, my friends. Keep learning love. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.